Hello everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Chloe Lopesher, knowledge and learning lawyer in the Bowman's Employment and Benefits Practice in South Africa. On the program, we span the globe and have received updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, I'm pleased to welcome one of my colleagues, Nadine Mather, a partner in Bowman's Johannesburg office here in South Africa. In March this year, the South African government introduced a new code of good practice on the prevention and elimination of harassment in the workplace. I'm excited to share that our firm, Bowman's, recently launched a new product called the Harassment Prevention Pack, which contains relevant documents, as well as an interactive online e-learning training module that we've developed to assist employers to comply with their obligations under this new code. On the program today, Nadine will be introducing this Harassment Prevention Pack to our audience and will share her insights about this new code of good practice and what it means for employers in South Africa. Nadine, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you so much, Chloe. Great to be here. Well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. So nice to have you with me. So Nadine, there is this new code of good practice on the prevention and elimination of harassment in the workplace that was published earlier this year. Can you start by just explaining to our audience how this new code came about and whether it's now changed the legal position when it comes to harassment in the workplace? Well, Chloe, as a starting point, South Africa has always had a zero-tolerance approach to harassment in the workplace. Now, our Constitution and the Employment Equity Act recognize the right to equality and prohibit unfair discrimination. Now, harassment is in fact recognized as a specific form of unfair discrimination under our Employment Equity Act, which is prohibited on a number of grounds. And this includes on the basis of, for example, sex, gender, race, or ethnic or social origin, age, disability, or on any other arbitrary ground. Now, under the Employment Equity Act and prior to this new code, there was practical guidance on the handling of sexual harassment cases specifically that was provided through a code of good practice. And this code placed various obligations on employers, including to adopt appropriate sexual harassment policies and to take action as soon as an act of sexual harassment was brought to its attention. Now, pursuant to the Sexual Harassment Code, the hashtag MeToo movement sort of erupted and spread around the world, which, as you may know, a number of women and even some men broke the silence to speak about the abuse they faced at work. Now, it really was in the wake of this hashtag MeToo movement that the International Labour Organization introduced a Convention on Violence and Harassment in the World of Work, uh, which convention required member states to adopt laws to deal with, at least, and prevent harassment in the world of work. Now, the convention has been, as I understand it, ratified by a number of countries to date, most recently being South Africa in November last year. So it was in an effort to align our laws with this international convention that the Code of Good Practice on the Prevention and Elimination of Violence and Harassment was adopted, and which actually repealed and replaced the previous Sexual Harassment Code. So whilst this new code has not necessarily changed the legal position in South Africa when it comes to harassment in the workplace, it has most certainly placed additional obligations on employers to address the issue. 
And what exactly do we mean when we talk about harassment? Can you maybe provide us with some examples of the kinds of conduct that would constitute harassment in the workplace? Sure. So whilst the term harassment is actually not defined in terms of the Employment Equity Act, the code provides that harassment can be generally understood to mean unwanted conduct, which impairs dignity, which creates a hostile or intimidating work environment, or at least has the effect of inducing submission through actual or threatened adverse consequences, and is related to one or more of the grounds of discrimination, which are prohibited in terms of the Employment Equity Act. Now, with this in mind, there's obviously a wide range of conduct in the workplace that may constitute harassment. So, for example, this may include conduct which humiliates, insults, or demeans an employee, sabotaging or impeding an employee's work performance, excluding an employee from work-related activities, or pressuring an employee to not exercise their legal rights. Now, the code also recognizes there are a number of different terms which may be used to describe conduct in the workplace that may amount to harassment. And this includes, for example, bullying in the workplace, intimidation, it could be passive or covert harassment, mobbing, or even online harassment that may take place through email or on social media platforms. In addition to this, the code specifically highlights and provides definitions and guidelines on sexual harassment and on racial, ethnic, or social origin harassment. So those are two specific forms of harassment that are really focused and emphasized in the new code. Now, I think one of the most challenging issues for employers arising from the code will be to determine whether the specific conduct that is being complained of does in fact amount to harassment. And in this regard, the code states that the question of whether or not conduct constitutes harassment should be assessed objectively, but from the perspective of the employee who alleges harassment. So the primary focus of the inquiry is really on the impact that the conduct has on the employee. Having said this, the code does acknowledge that the perceptions of the person being harassed should be consistent with that of a reasonable, a reasonable person. So we really are dealing with your reasonable person test and whether a reasonable person in the position of the complainant would arguably have been harassed in the circumstances. Now, in order to determine this, there are a number of factors that one can consider which may be relevant to the issue of whether harassment has occurred including the circumstances of the complainant and the impact that the conduct has had on the complainant, the context of the harassment, how did it take place, and the respective positions of the perpetrator and the complainant. Are we dealing with a manager and you know, a more junior employee? Are we dealing with horizontal harassment between two co-employees? So those are a number of factors that should be considered to assess whether harassment has taken place. Okay. It sounds like there's a lot for employers to, to take into consideration there. So what exactly are the obligations then that are placed on employers under this new code? So as mentioned earlier, the code does place a number of new obligations on employers. And these obligations include, amongst others, to conduct an assessment of the risk of harassment that employees may be exposed to while performing their duties. They must also implement awareness training initiatives to educate employees about the various types of harassment and to also reinforce and maintain compliance through ongoing awareness programs. 
they must adopt a harassment policy which should be guided by the provisions of the code that we just discussed and should also be communicated effectively to employees so that they are aware of the policy in the workplace. An employer is required to develop clear procedures to deal with harassment, which procedures should include an formal procedure and should be clearly set out in the policy. The procedures should also actually address the issue of the availability of counselling um, and treatment and care programmes that may be available to employees who are victims of harassment. And lastly, employers do need to take sure that they take appropriate action in accordance with the code where instances of harassment are brought to, to its attention, which take place in the working environment. So a number of, of some older obligations, but definitely new obligations placed on employers, really with an effort to ensure that they have a workplace that is free from harassment and that they can address harassment should it occur. Okay. And I think one of the key questions that employers are probably asking, taking into account all of these obligations, are what exactly are the risks to them if they don't comply with these obligations? Can you take us through that? Sure, Chloe. Well, there certainly are risks. As mentioned, an employer does have a duty to maintain a working environment that is free from all forms of harassment and one in which the dignity of its employees is respected. Now, where an employer does not comply with these obligations and does not address allegations of harassment in an appropriate manner, the employer may, in terms of Section 60 of your Employment Equity Act, be deemed to have contravened the Act. Now, this is firstly by the perpetrator contravening the Act, and secondly, the employer failing to take the necessary steps to eliminate the harassment. So consequently, an employer may be held, let's call it vicariously liable, to pay damages or compensation to a victim of harassment. Alternatively, of course, an employee may also resign um, if they've been subject to harassment and claim a constructive dismissal that may be regarded as automatically unfair. And these legal consequences are in addition to any reputational damage that an employer may suffer. In relation to the employer's obligations, such as you know, the conducting of awareness training initiatives, the implementation of a policy, these are factors that will be taken into account by our employment tribunals or court when determining whether an employer has in fact discharged their obligations for purposes of Section 60 of the Employment Equity Act. So I indicated at the start of the program that Bowman's has this new innovative product offering which aims to assist employers in complying with all of these obligations that we've just discussed. Nadine, could you tell our audience a bit more about this product? Because I'm sure our listeners are going to be interested in, in knowing about this. Yes, Chloe, we are very excited to announce that we have officially launched what we call a Bowman's Harassment Prevention Pack, which does provide a number of documents and training materials really to assist employers to comply with their obligations under their new code. Now, the pack caters for all employers, regardless of size or form, and contains a number of materials. These include a guidance note on the application of the code and how to deal with allegations of harassment, a template risk assessment to be conducted, a template harassment policy that may be used, a poster on workplace harassment that details the different forms of harassment and can be placed in prominent areas in the workplace or on an employer's intranet page. And last but not least, an e-learning training module to be completed by employees, which is made available through a secured sort of Bowman's webpage. Now, the e-learning training module, which is something we are really thrilled to present 
is an online and interactive trading program. Um, so employees can do it as and when they are required and includes an assessment which employees can use to test their employees' understanding of the legal principles under the code. So there are a number of questions employees will need to answer. Um, we will let employees know whether they were correct or incorrect, and they will hopefully um, pass the assessment. Now, the harassment prevention pack is available at a total once-off fee of 20,000 Rand plus VAT. This includes a one-year access to the e-learning platform. And for anyone who may be interested in ordering the pack, or if you have any questions about the pack and want further details, um, you're welcome to contact us by emailing harassmentpack at bowmanslaw.com. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, this has been such an interesting discussion. Thanks so much. And I'm sure that employers in South Africa have really valued your, your insights. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Chloe. It was great to be here. So in case you missed it, that email address that you can use if you'd like to order the pack or have more details is harassmentpack at bowmanslaw.com. And if you'd like to connect with Nadine, you can click on the bio in the description of this podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to any of our lawyers around the world by selecting Find a Lawyer on the ELA website at ela.law. In addition, you can visit the website where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Chloe Lopesher, and thanks for listening.